Kat Drennan, How to Become a Published Author. Episode 69 on Kelly Bagla's Go Legal Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. For most people, the thought of writing a book as a way to promote their business can seem like a daunting undertaking. In this episode, award-winning author Kate Drennan breaks down the steps involved, from the initial concept to the eventual publishing of your work. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media and definitely do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Kat Drennan. She is a well-known indie author of fiction novels, and she's written quite a bit of novels, too. Welcome to the show, Kat. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. Do you have an attorney job to share with the audience? Oh, my goodness. I really don't. I, you know, I don't have a bad history with attorneys. So well, that's good. That's good. I'm a very jokesy person. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about sharing one of your favorite quotes with us? Oh, I have been very fortunate to run across one that I've been saying almost every day lately. And that comes from Maya Angelou. And it is, when a person shows themselves to you, believe them the first time. I wholeheartedly believe in that. Wholeheartedly, yes. Wonderful. Kat, you are our very first author on the show. I'm excited to have you on the show because the show is about supporting entrepreneurs in starting their businesses, running their businesses. And I think becoming an author, business owners don't think of this at all, but it's extremely important if you want your business to stand out. You have to be seen as the expert in the industry, right? And one way to create that expertise out there is for you to author a book. Now, as an author of multiple books, can you share with us just a little bit about your background? Okay. I actually made my entire career from writing. I've been a technical writer for a number of years. <laughs> we won't say them all at this time, but I've always <laughs> made my living at writing. And I've always loved to write both in business and for pleasure and fiction. And they go hand in hand. But now that I'm retired, I have the time to pursue more fully my career as an author. But when my husband and I had our business going, um, we did an awful lot of writing and produced a lot of books for our business. So it helped to have that background in technical writing. I've worked in aerospace, medical, computer, security, just all over the map. So you gain a lot from a lot of experience in that way. And I have used it almost every day in my writing career, in my indie author business. And when I introduced you as an indie author, share with us what that is. I'd be happy to. I'm really proud to be an indie author. And here's why. If you look in the history 
a lot of people think, oh, so you publish through a vanity press. And that is not the truth. Years ago, you could pay a company to publish your book and it didn't matter if it was good or what it was about. You paid the money and they would produce the book and you would be able to sell it if you could. They didn't have a way of doing that. And then we got into self-publishing. If you have a word processing program today, just about anybody can write a book and load it up to Amazon. The difference between a self-publisher or someone who has paid someone else to publish their book and an indie author is that the indie is truly an entrepreneur. If you're not able to create your own cover, then you're going to hire somebody to do that. I would never write a book and publish it without having an editor and a proofreader and people who would read the book through and say, hey, this doesn't make any sense. So it's really a team effort. But most of all, as an indie author, you treat your writing like a business. It's not just a hobby or something that you do in a vacuum. You've got to treat it like a business and act professionally to make sure that when you put your book out there, it will be competitive. As you very well know, Kat, I have written a couple of books, nowhere near what you have written, but I have written a couple of books and I have established myself as an expert within the field of law, business law in particular, but I completely and truly enjoyed writing Go Own Yourself. And You were my editor for that book. And so I felt it was such a pleasure to have someone so seasoned with the written word and how the whole process works to actually help me with my second book. That that was more for entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of becoming successful in business. And if you can walk my audience through the process of writing a book, and we're going to touch upon two processes today. One is obviously writing the book. How does one start to write a book? And then two, how does one go about publishing? But then let's talk about how does one write a book? Well, let's assume that we're going to write a book to place in the back of the room during a conference. Maybe you're making a presentation at a conference or something along that line. And it adds credibility to your knowledge to have that book that you can hand to people as they go out the door or you can read coop some of your costs and sell it. So it takes a vision to begin with. And I always start with an outline and a number of pages that I'm going for. And if I'm on a deadline, I need to know how many words I can write a day to meet the deadline. So it's not just something that you do, you know, out of the midair or lay by your bedside at night and scribble on every now and then. You have to have a plan to start with. And you have to also know, how is my book going to sit in this marketplace? Are other people writing something similar? And can I write something that fits in the category but will be different and stand out? So my first advice to someone would be, before you start writing, plan exactly where you want to go and what you want to do with the book. And then set up a schedule that will get it finished on time. As you know, I'm kind of into having a schedule and a number of words per day. Yeah. So it's really important because if you're going to treat it like a business, then you can't be halfway about it. You've got to set out your plan and follow it. 
If you get behind, you got to catch up and you got to be a, a tough taskmaster. So the plan that you create, Tina, in this plan, it would be obviously, like you said, what is it that you want to write about? What's the message? And what is the message? What's the message? How many words do you want to use? And then split that book up into the sections that will get the message across in that many words. It's simple. Do the math. If you're going to write a hundred page book, you divide it up into maybe four sections and see how long will it take me? to write those 25 pages and what is in there. If you're doing it in business, you've got a pretty much an outline to follow. You know what you want to say. If you're doing it in fiction, it's a little different, but it basically follows a three-act play. You have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and somebody has to be in crisis before the end. And somebody <laughs> has to, even if it's fiction, there's a plan. I would say... Again, before you start putting any words on a page, you've got to think about what you want to do with the book. If you want it in the back of the room at a conference, that's one thing. If you want to take your expertise into the wide world of Amazon, let's say, you need to know who else is out there, what do their covers look like, how many words are they getting across. Where do you fit in the marketplace? And plan your book so that you look like the professionals that are already out there. We're talking about a self-published author here. I can't go out there with my book covered in a paper bag. You know, I have to have a professional cover and it has to look like the other books in the category in order to get attention. The audience is so lucky to have you as a guest. I am also lucky to have you as a guest on the show. Why? Because, Kat, you've written, you know, the spectrum of both ends of a book. One is a book can be nonfiction, which Go Legal Yourself is about. Mm -hmm. And I would say Go Own Yourself nonfiction too. But you also have the expertise in writing fiction stories. And as you just shared with us that the outline is exactly the same, right? The plan contains exactly the same, I guess, the ingredients, if you will. And the, the outcome is going to be something that's going to be very professional looking. So any time a business owner represents themselves, they have to come out as professional. They can't just show up in the world, rolled out of bed, and here I am, I'll take your business. The world mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. And literally, people have, people within five to six seconds already make up their mind when they see someone, what kind of person you are. That's exactly what they're going to do by looking at your book cover. That's exactly right. And that cover, if you don't have the ability to do it yourself, There are a number of programs that you can use that even with little experience, you can use to create a professional looking cover. But even with that, you need to look at your competition to see what kind of book covers are selling in your category. There's programs to help you make the cover. I don't know if you want me to give out names. I can give a couple examples. Sure, absolutely. At the very basic, when you go to publish your book on Amazon, they do have some templates you can use, and they're pretty good. There's nothing wrong with doing the cover that way. There's another program called Canva. It's free. 
And there's a lot of options in there that the person without any kind of artistic background can use. You will then want to run whatever you create past your team. And I should have maybe spoken about the team earlier, but people who are other than your Aunt Betty <laughs> are going to... No, she's not Aunt Betty. People who can give you some good feedback and criticism on whether they think this cover is going to catch the eye, whether it's correct, whether it's the right cover for the category that you're in. And like myself, I have a background in graphic illustration and I know how to use the programs. So I design my own covers, but I always go and research what are the other books similar to mine showing on their covers. You know, you don't want to look exactly like them, but the research shows that you want to look pretty much like them. If you go too far out of the norm, then people that are used to reading in that category will just skip over. So it's really important to make sure that whatever you design looks like it fits in that category. So as part of your team, obviously highly recommended that they get an editor when do they reach out to an editor well as an editor i really like working with someone who has at least their first draft completed or an outline and the reason for that is if i only read the beginning i might not know where they're going with their work and i don't want to give advice that takes them astray so it's a good idea to have a first draft. If you find that the first draft isn't exactly what you wanted, that's okay. At least we know what you're trying to get across. So I wouldn't seek an editor out until I at least had a first draft. Or at least if you're going to pay them, you don't want to pay them to sit around and wait while you write. That's not... (laughs) So I worked really hard with you to try to stay on a schedule and you didn't have all of your book completed when we did it, but you knew exactly what was going in there. You had an outline and we had a beginning, middle and an end planned out. So that worked for me, but for most editors, they do want to have a whole, at least a first draft to read if they're going to look at content and then The second pass on it, you want somebody, maybe they're more like a line editor where they're not really looking for content. They're looking to make sure that you haven't missed some grammatical errors or that maybe the way the book appears on the page can be better organized. Those kinds of things can only happen after you know what the whole book is going to look like going on to a proofreader so that's another subject that's huge because you don't want to embarrass yourself (laughs) exactly if you're putting yourself out there as a writer then you've got to look at the craft as well even if it's a nonfiction book there is a craft element of writing that people who read a lot and people who purchase books for say business they recognize pretty quickly whether or not someone has done their homework And I literally would not let any of my clients go out in public without their underwear, which are the basic grammatical rules that you must follow 
I love that. Okay. <laughs> what about if it's hot out there and, and it's just too hot to wear underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone's always going to look under that dress, baby. So, I, I, I love your forthcoming, Kat. I absolutely love it. You're absolutely right. Yes, because the wind will blow and the reader, your potential clients, right, they're going to look at that and think, oh, well, if this person can't even get the writing, the spelling, the grammar correct, how are they going to represent me as a client? So it's your best efforts are put forward. It doesn't mean some people, their forte is not writing. It isn't that they're uneducated or whatever it is. Some people, it's just not the way they express themselves. And there's nothing wrong with having an editor or what I like to call a ghostwriter. If you have a great idea and you need to get that book out there and you can express to someone else what it is you want to say, you can work with a ghostwriter and it will take a lot of time out of the process because you won't have someone in there correcting your grammar. You'll have someone there helping you get your ideas on the page and get the thing to print. Can anyone write a book? I believe they can. Can they do it well enough to be sold on Amazon? You know, you're going to be compared to other books and other authors and a person can pretty much tell by the first paragraph whether or not they're going to be able to read the book. Sometimes it's just a matter of preference and style. If you're writing in business, though, you kind of want to get to the point and not a lot of flowery sentences starting with phrases. And, you know, there is there definitely a cadence and a quality of writing that stands out. And if you're not well-versed in it, but you got great ideas, there's nothing wrong with getting help to get that book out. And I would highly recommend, because once it's out there and it's full of errors, or maybe it's just incomprehensible. <laughs> yes. You know, and as a technical writer, I have to say I draw on that experience. I used to work with engineers in the aerospace industry and also in the explosives industry. And we had to write reports for the Air Force. And those guys were the technical masters. They knew exactly what was going on engineering-wise. But I almost always had to rewrite from word one everything they said because they were just coming from a different direction. And I know they went to school, but you've got to be able to express yourself. And there's nothing wrong with getting help if you have trouble in that department. And once you go there... You can get that book out. It's a method of delivery, isn't it? It is. It's like we were saying earlier. You've got to get the underpinnings right because people will notice. You know, when you're reading a book, sometimes you're just having a, a great time. You're reading and the words just disappear on the page and you're just in the story. That seems easy to write. But it's harder than a book that has a lot of words on the page. What you want in fiction, particularly, is for the reader to be able to get into the story. And if there's a lot of grammatical errors or awkward phrasing, they're not going to be able to do that. They're going to be rereading. They're going to be stopping and maybe just 
They call it DNF in the business, and that's do not finish. You do not want to have your book go in the DNF pile because it was difficult to read or it had a lot of loopy and strange sentence structure. Oh, my God, Kat, I have to share with you. So I, I love reading books, right? I mean, I, as an attorney, I have to read legal books, and everybody knows how sexy legal books are. <laughs> and from legal books, I love reading autobiographies or biographies on famous people. I just love it. I, I'm not the type of person that reads romance and, and like the flowery books, but I have to say my favorite and ultimate favorite writers are the ones that take you into the book. They You become part of the book. I have put some books down because I couldn't finish them, just like you said, because I get lost in what they're trying to say. I cannot follow. It's not easy to follow. But Kat, your books are just so beautifully written. Oh, thank you. And again, I am not the type of person that reads romantic stories. I'm just not. It's just never, I've just never been that type. But with yours, I was, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop flipping the pages and and I didn't want it to finish. And I think one of the books that you wrote Oh, I emailed you directly and saying, well, what happened? What happened? And you said, <laughs> I'm writing a second part on that. But that's the type of writer that if you really want to write books for a living, that's the type of writer you want to become. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of help out there for that. You know, maybe you have a book in the drawer that you wrote a long time ago and you just felt that it was a great story and you're in love with it, but you're afraid to show it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And there's probably millions of books in drawers around the country. But the thing is, even though maybe it isn't perfect, there are organizations of authors that just, that's what they're there for is to show your your messy first draft and ask for help. And there's classes, there's workshops, there's books about writing. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to step in to the business. I'll give an example if it's okay. This is for fiction, but it can still work for a nonfiction as well. I wrote my book. I thought it was great. I had taken a bunch of classes, so I had joined the Romance Writers of America, and they offer incredible online seminars. And So I felt this is the shoe, and I'm going to enter this contest. So I entered a contest that was based on the San Francisco Writers Group. And I got the reviews back. You know, each judge goes in and they'll tell you what they think is right or wrong. And you get a score and you can win. You can maybe get as low as fourth place. And after that, nobody knows who you are. But (laughs) so the first time I was in that nobody knows who you are category, one of the judges just loved the story. Just Praise, praise, praise. And I thought, yes, I'm a shoe-in. And then I got the second one. And this judge ripped my writing up one side and down the other. And, I mean, my ego was a little pool melted on the bottom of the room (laughs) after I read it. But she was right. She was right. And she pointed out things that I hadn't thought of before. I had really no way of knowing. Those things that make the words disappear on the page are invisible, and you have to learn how to do that. So in that contest, they have win place show and no show, and I was definitely a no show in that contest. Right, but you wrote it. I rewrote it, and I entered another contest using all the advice I got from the author that, 
ripped my ego and I got second place. Fantastic. And I was just amazed. I went ahead and I finished that book. And a couple of more books later, I entered a pretty prestigious contest with a piece of women's fiction that I'd written. And this time, using that and maybe a couple more years, and yeah, it does take time, but a couple more years of developing craft, my book, The Goddess of Undo, won the Stiletto Award for women's fiction, for published women's fiction, which is pretty prestigious, and I'm really proud of that achievement. And so. you should be. Kat, share with us that obviously we're going to have the list of all of your books as part of our show notes, right? Because I know the audience definitely wants to pick up a book and read yours in particular, but share with us some of the books. You've written what, seven or eight now? Well, I have seven up on Amazon right well, now. What are the names? Well, I've got The Goddess of Undo is women's fiction, and it's a mother-daughter story of separation and and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's got a lot of humor in it, although the subject is pretty raw and scary. Sure. Um, Many of us are facing losing our parents to dementia or other issues, and so this is a story about that. And then I have a series, and it's called the Classic Car Romance Series, And uh, Mint Condition, the first book in that series, is the one that I ran through the contest. Yes. That book is really a fun read, and it's followed by One of a Kind and uh, Hot Rod Lincoln. So they don't sound romancy, but they are romance. And there's a fourth one coming in that series called The Five Window Pickup, which I'm really excited to get finished here soon. And when will that be published? I'm going to say sometime next year because it's behind the sequel that you ask about. Yeah, share with us that one, please. The book that I was so excited about reading. The Cloisonne Brooch is a time travel mystery romance. And I'm really proud of this book. And honestly, it took, get ready, this is pretty scary. It took me 20 years to write that book. Wow. And the reason is, it was the first thing I wrote. It was the book in the drawer. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just had the idea for the book, and I was an avid reader, and I just said, oh, I can write a book, and I, I know how to write. So I did, and I plowed through. I used the Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces to help me develop the storyline and all of that. But I knew it wasn't good enough. I mean, I, I knew I had a lot to learn. And so over time, I wrote six other books. <laughs> yeah. And I said, one day I'm going to go in, I'm going to fix that book because it was the book of my heart, right? I used to work in an explosives laboratory in Sacramento. Yes. And in their laboratory, there was a library I was responsible to take care of. And believe it or not, they used colloidal gold in explosives. There's lots of industrial uses for gold. And so there was a lot of journals in there. And I was responsible to take care of that. So I was in there eating my lunch one day, reading the Aram Journal of Industrial Gold. <laughs> Boring. But as, as everyone does. Oh, yes. <laughs> in fact, the book, every month I discovered they always had an article about gold in antiquity and how it was used and processed. 
and I ran across this page and it had these pictures of a gold find in Edinburgh, Scotland. And I looked at this one brooch and the whole story just opened up like a flash. And I always say it was the flash that took me 20 years to put on the page. It turned out beautiful, Pat. I could not wait for the second book. I, I'm going to be one of the first ones that purchases it from you. But there's another, and, and it was a short read. It didn't have to be thousands and thousands of pages long, right? It was a short read, but you kept the reader engaged. But there's another short book that you wrote, which was just beautiful as well. Uh, the name of that one is? That one's Lies in White Satin. Yes, yes, really. It's 100 pages. Exactly. So anyone that is interested in writing a book, may they reach out to you because we're going to have your information part of our show notes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to help them as well with editing. They can hire you as an editor as well. You have such an, an incredible expertise Cat, that you really need to be sharing it right, with, with people that are interested in writing a book. Now, we have to jump from what the process is of writing a book to actually publishing it. There are a couple of ways that you can publish a book, and you touched upon one earlier on, which was self-publishing. And then there's obviously another one where you can engage a publishing company to publish mm-hmm, a book. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend one over the other? Well, obviously... If you're doing a technical book, I mean, we're talking, I don't know how else to say it, scientific journals and that type of thing. There are probably companies, I'm not real well versed on this, that it makes sense to go and have them do your book for you, like a peer-reviewed journal, medical or scientific. And there are different schools. I'm I'm thinking one in particular is called Sage Publishing. Okay. And they do scholastic and diet educational work. So it depends on what you're doing. I would never in fiction or even nonfiction pay someone to publish my book as a vanity press. And by that, I mean, there's people out there, sure, I'll take it, and they'll publish exactly what you give them. They might have an editor. They might even have a cover department. But once they do it, you're on your own. There's not a marketing group. I mean, this is true even of traditional publishers where you get an agent and somebody like Simon & Schuster. They still don't market you as much as they used to. But... I personally, especially in fiction, would never pay anyone to publish my book. They are supposed to pay you. Okay, so a traditional publisher, if you get accepted, will give you a cash advance. They'll do all the work. All you have to do is give them your raw manuscript and then fix the edits, and they will do the cover for you, and they will pay you. That's the way it works. And they may even pay you in advance. But once it goes into the market, they'll help you promote it. But you do a lot of promoting yourself. And if you don't make back selling your book at least as much as your advance, you're not going to get any more and not going to be picked up by them again. So as as an indie publisher, you are the publisher. So you have a lot more control over that. You may spend money to hire an editor and a cover designer and an interior designer 
but overall you're going to get paid better, but it's still up to you to promote. I had some notes here. I just want to give an example. If an indie publisher publishing on Amazon, I'm using Amazon as an example. You can go to Barnes and Noble, Kobo, iBooks. A lot of people that already have a big wide following will go wide to all those. But if you just go on Amazon as an example, publishing your own book, you can get between 35 to 70% royalties on your book. It takes time. You're not going to get that cash advance. You're going to spend money. You're going to spend editor, your cover, all of the preparation that you need. But if you sold that same book on Amazon, if you sold that same book to a traditional publisher, they would do all the work, but you'd get six and a quarter percent royalty. You can do the math. That's a lot of difference. With 35 to 70 versus six and a quarter. If you're in the learning curve, it's your first book. It's hard to say which way to go. If there's something just extremely brilliant about you as a first-time author and you're able to snag an agent and they present you to a publisher and here you are with your first-time novel and, whoa, it's a success and you're on the bestseller list, that's like one-tenth of one-hundredth of a percent of the authors out there. Right. To discourage, another thing is a, a lot of people that are out there on the bestseller list They have their Masters of Fine Arts. Maybe they've been in journalism for a long time, and they have some name recognition already. I'm not saying it's impossible. It does happen. Usually, these type of authors are discovered at some kind of a conference where they have the opportunity to meet dozens of agents and publishers and are able to submit a manuscript. And you'll wait weeks months maybe to get a reply and if they buy it you might wait one to two years to see your book finally in print so if you self-publish as an indie where you're working your schedule i personally know indie authors who publish three four books a year and they're doing it writing to a market that loves them and they're making six figures that hasn't happened to me, I will admit. But this is what the possibilities are, indie versus traditional. I spent many years working to learn how to write query letters to agents, interviewing with publishers, and I came very close dozens of times to having my books bought by the traditional publisher. It did not happen. So that's when I saw the numbers and saw what other people were doing. I said, I'm going to get a book out independently. Actually, I have to backtrack. I went to a small publisher first, and they did pay me. I didn't pay them, and it was great. My first book out was by a small publisher, Escargot Press, and they were lovely, and they helped me every step of the way. They didn't do anything promotional-wise. And I hadn't learned how to do that yet. So when I got my rights back from them, I took the same book, made it into a trilogy. That would be the classic car romances. And now that book is selling. Um, I'm getting ready to do a box set on that. So when people buy it, they get three books together and they get the whole series. That's fantastic. You know, our 
audience is uh, international. And so if they want to purchase, again, we're going to have all of your information part of our show notes. Uh, We're going to have the links and websites as to where they can go and purchase your books. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, beautiful writing. And they can reach out to you as well. I think that's a beautiful thing where you can reach out to the author. Right, So I've, I've worked with you even before I started working with you. Uh, we were introduced through a mutual friend. And I thought I haven't read any of Kat's books. I haven't read any of them. I actually started working with you first because I was very impressed with you. And then I got to start to know you a little better. And then I started reading your books. I was just blown away. And the fact that I could email you or text you straight away and say, well, well, well what happened? What happened to the... <laughs> What happened? Do they survive? You know, do they continue on? Well, what's going on? What happened to the lead characters? That is just incredible to me. You're very accessible. I have access to you. And I can ask you questions and bounce ideas from you as well. So we're going to share all that information with our audience. But do you have anything else you'd like to share with the audience, Kat, before we have to wrap this up? Well, I just like to say that if you have a book in you, maybe it's for business. Or maybe it's just something you've always wanted to do. It's your passion. It may not be in the drawer, but you have a great idea. Start now because life goes by pretty quickly. And if you shove your writing to the back of the to-do list, it'll never happen. You'd be surprised how quickly it goes by. Even if you just write 500 words a day, eventually that book will get written. So don't wait. Another thing I would say is research about the craft of writing. Because to me, there's no point in writing a book that no one is going to read. If you have a story and you want to get it out there, you want that book to be as good as anything that's coming from a traditional publisher, or you don't want to put it out there. So Get into some craft books. There's so many out there, depending on what you're writing. Um, there's proofreading tips. There's how to do an outline, how to put goals, motivation, and conflict in your story, how to complete a fictional arc so that people keep wanting to turn those pages. There's hundreds of books out there, and you've got to get into the craft if you want to stand out and have people just crave more of your writing as you say exactly i'm, I'm waiting tick tock cat tick tock <laughs> so i'm trying to do it within the year and it, it's been interesting doing the research for that second book but i'm a nerd i love research i almost <laughs> love research more than writing so if you're going to do it you really do need to put a schedule out how many words a day will you do And then stick to it, even if you have to get up in the middle of the night, because the only way you get it done is have the fanny in the chair and the hands on the keys. Get those 500 words a day out. Yeah, absolutely right. Thank you so much, Kat, for being a guest on this show. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Audience, please feel free to download the app if you are listening to this podcast through other means there is an app that you can download from your app stores it is called go legal yourself that way you can leave us comments you can provide us some feedback you can 
connect with our guests that have been on the show as well. And all of our guests have been so fantastic, just like Pat here. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am attorney Kelly Bagley, the queen of business law, and it's been my pleasure being your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.